This is the Curious Anarchy podcast. Welcome, Paulina. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Doing very well, thank you. Very well. Um, <clears throat> sorry. Today, uh, I'm hoping that we're going to be joined by Mark, but this is the uh, Brunch with Naomi Osaka series. Um, a series where we bring up topics and we talk about them and invite guests so you are one of our guests um, and it is just myself at the moment but welcome to the Curious Anarchy podcast brunch with Naomi Osaka series Paulina Tenner please Paulina how's your day been yeah a little bit crazy which is why I've been running a little bit late for this session yeah um, I managed to see a friend uh, take a walk outside. Um, yeah, it's very windy, but it's quite nice. Yeah, got a few things done around the house, and yeah, feeling ready to go now. How about you? Excellent. Yeah, um, I've been having a couple of conversations this morning. I was on a video call, um, and now I'm just like, right, I need to do something else now <laughs> so yes podcast let's do that and then i'm gonna go out for a walk um before yeah, my son my nice so, yeah. i'm just currently making uh some i know it's like gone three o'clock but it's breakfast a late breakfast um <laughs> so yeah you might hear some frying in the background but yeah excuse that please <laughs> um Okay, so Paulina, let's let's talk about your book, Laid Bear. Woo! It's yeah, out. Yeah, really, really copy really is out yeah. now, and, and so people can download the or, or purchase the audio book. So it's an audio ebook and the paperback. Um, yeah, tell us, tell us, tell us about your book. Oh, it's my baby's out in the world now. The launch, official launch day of the paperback was last week. And the ebook is there as well. Please take a look at paulinatenner.com slash book. Super easy. That'll take you to Amazon links. Um, very, very excited um, as I've had some amazing pre- preliminary feedback from people. So really curious uh, to hear um more from the world, how it, how my baby is received. It's got the controversial title of uh, what the business leader learned from the stripper, the subtitle, mm. because I talk about it in I talk in it about how my sensual and sexual expression in this particular case as a burlesque performer has impacted my leadership and the the cultural evolution of my company grant tree and i talk quite a bit about leadership as well what it means to me um, what it means to integrate both both feminine and masculine aspects of our leadership that we both have regardless of gender Mm. Um, and it's uh, yeah, it's just been a joy bringing this thing to the world. It's been a joy. Excellent. Um, I can say what, one of the themes in the book, um, and welcome, Mark. By the way, um, one of what? Yeah, one of the themes in the book is is that you just mentioned is about the the dynamics between men and women, masculine, feminine. Um, and the kind of the exchange that takes place between us and what you did um, in utilizing that 
that strength of understanding how to wield both those energies or the spectrum of energies if you like um more effectively um tell us tell us can, can you please tell us some of like the really insightful pieces that you've learned since writing about the book that aren't in the book but you maybe you wish ah oh, i really wish i'd have put that in there yeah sure so um my book is partly inspired by my study of tantra and particularly the second part of it um where i talk about feminine and masculine leadership qualities you know i've been inspired by this concept of the inner marriage and how you know every one of us can achieve this inner equilibrium and balance by bringing together divine feminine and divine masculine characteristics mm-hmm. and i think what 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 occurred to me having you know since i've finished the book is yeah just more um really interesting stuff in connection with tantric studies but also you know um working with my sensual and sexual energy both as a ballet performer I'm on another ballet course now it's addictive of this stuff um and um yeah as i mentioned you know in in our conversations polyamory as well i've been um in an open marriage for a while now and it's been really enriching and really interesting in terms of giving me a platform to get to know myself better and get to know myself in relationships and how I how I function in them mm. so there's just a whole lot that is already kind of shaping up in my heart and my head to potentially become a second book we'll see mm. um so just checking in here mark mark uh this is paulina tenna our guest today oh he's dropped off um so we'll continue then shall we um this is really interesting this is really really different the way that this is working out today. oh sorry um, oh, oh he's back sorry. hi paulina how are you i'm quite well how are you mark Good i'm very well thank you yeah so Paulina was just telling us a little bit about her book um laid bare what the business leader learned from the stripper um she was just kind of highlighting some of the experiences that she's had um in burlesque um mark any questions that come to mind well what i like to do on the podcast is to sort of find the journey that people have been on so i mean Paulina where did it all start for you interesting so it starts probably at a point where i i've been running a company which is now you know over 50 people strong and over 10 years old maybe wow. at a point where i've been running it for 2 years and i'm quite maybe not burnt out but really exhausted and i find myself spending most of my time in the kind of space of what i now see is kind of masculine qualities so um ambition the rational stuff the competitiveness um logic all that and i feel at some point that my um creativity my juiciness my uh, intuition all that 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 side of me that i used to cherish 
it's kind of slowly withering away. So I just have a sudden impulse to do something about it. Um, and you know what what happened is that there's this particular day I was in business meeting around in meetings around Piccadilly Circus, and I popped into a cabaret venue. Uh, okay. And they were having a burlesque uh, show rehearsal, and I just uh, I got completely mesmerized by what by what I saw on that stage because it represented the creative freedom, the you know all all this stuff that I used to love about myself and that I I left behind, you know, provocativeness, oh, okay. the rebellion the kind of <laughs> of the status quo or all, all of that stuff mm-hmm. and that's when i myself i would find out how one gets to become a burlesque showgirl and so i did so that's when it all started and um you know it's been an interesting one for a while because i was living the sort of double life of this very much in her head <laughs> ambition competitiveness, drive, go-getter, and this sensual kind of femme fatale type <laughs> character in the evening. And I really enjoyed it for a while. I thought it was fun. But at some point, I longed to bring those two characters together. So I didn't want to be one thing during the day and one at night and worry about what would happen if my business clients saw me on stage, etc. Ah, yeah, yeah. One thing. And that's, you know, my official kind of coming out ceremony was this TEDx talk that I gave in 2014, where wait, I... Wait, 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 you did a, a coming out ceremony? Yeah, well, it was an unofficial one, really, uh, because, but I, that's how I look at it now, because that's when I, for the first time, publicly spoke about being a stripper. I actually addressed the audience in my business self, in business attire, but on the backdrop, I had images of me performing as a stripper. Oh, um, and uh, yeah. Wow, wow, that's brilliant. That is brilliant. It's brilliant. Radical, yeah, it's quite radical. And that was what actually inspired the book, which came a few years later. Ah. Uh, so that's where it started. Um, I've got so many questions, but I guess the first one I wanted to ask is, growing, growing up, I don't know where you grew up, um, you know, like where was your town or country or whatever did you could you have foreseen any of this because this is from what you're saying there's a playfulness in you but there's also a business sense in you so could you see this coming when you were like at school and everything i always had a creative flair and i always had a kind of creative thing that i was doing for a while it was singing um which I actually still do. For a while, it was uh, performing in a theatre. For a while, it was wow, writing wow. and plays. So there's always something I was doing that was creative. Um, but I, I haven't really foreseen that it would take a radical shape of actually on stage in front of strangers. Sorry, there was a little bit of noise coming through. I thought it was Mark. Yeah, yeah, Shuffling yeah, my in one place. <laughs> okay, no worries, carry on, carry on, please. Yeah, so I never thought that I would, you know, one day want to strip on stage in front of strangers. Uh, definitely, uh, okay. back then, 
uh, no idea uh, at all. But I always knew I had a creative streak which needed nurturing, which needed looking after. And I think it's not that I've always known I wanted to start a business, but I always knew I had this kind of aspect of me that liked to get things organized, liked to make things happen. And that, ah. looking back, is what is or has formed the cornerstone of my kind of strong masculine qualities. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I mean, uh, my question, I suppose, as well is, is growing up, at, you know, like in school and in family, were there people around you that that had this kind of same approach to life or was it, a, you know, you challenging their approach or or did they encourage you how how did that path take place yes i grew up in poland um, okay in um a really loving home and i think my parents were rebels to a degree but maybe not in a in a way that i've become a rebel uh, right, so right. Kind of ways of rebelling against the communist regime back when poland was you know, a communist country, they were both kind of fighting for, for freedom and for intellectual freedom as well. And um, my my dad is a lawyer, my mom is a scholar, and she's wow. uh, kind of provocative in terms of her ideas as well, because she's written quite a few books in philosophy. But I found... I wonder my... where you get it from, Paulina. I found my own way to rebel and, <laughs> and be provocative and be different. Um, so that's interesting. What about school? Uh, school and um, your friends growing up, like when you were in your teenager years, your friends and your school. What was that like? Um, I guess I was a fairly good girl in a way that I haven't really felt the need to rebel. Like oh, okay. I felt that. Um, yeah, well, I had a bit of a darkness, a dark side growing up, and that was kind of showed up up in a more like a self self destructing um, kind of behavior. I was suffering from eating disorders, and it was just more than rebelling on the outside. I took it in, uh, as it were. So I think that, that my rebellion was manifested a little bit differently when I was growing up. Yeah. So. How did that person in in that environment suddenly make the uh, more like bold moves to go into business and to do singing? I mean, how did you take that step? Yeah, so um, <coughs> business, I actually got a scholarship to study at UCL, wow. um, and I went went came to London when I was twenty one. And I just really love the fact that because I was in a completely new place, like outside of the environment where I grew up and the kind of the culture or Polish culture, I could recreate myself, kind of recreate myself from scratch ah, again. Ah, yeah, yeah. And I just felt this is amazing. Like nobody knows me, nobody knows who I am. I can really afford to be... Um, you know, create who you I want to be, really, whatever I feel like being in the moment, and that was so refreshing. And uh, because of that, I just I decided to stay after a year of studying UCL. I found a job at an art center, 
Um, and it was, yeah, it's just a time when I could really look at everything that formed me up to that point and decide which things I wanted to discard and which things I wanted to take on as, as my own. Were your experiences of London positive? Because people have different reactions to London. No, absolutely. I love the cultural diversity. I love types of people you can meet. Um, I very early on I started meeting entrepreneurs and I started to form an idea that I might want to start my own business one day. I okay. just love their part, the fact that they wanted to transform a given industry uh, or or even a whole sector and that they felt they had the power to do it. It was just like, wow, these people are really making waves. Uh, I just really loved the entrepreneurial crowd. I met quite a few artists as well. Um, just thinking about my life, I feel like that to this day, um, even though, you know, there are times, of course, when London is a bit tiring, because <laughs> but you end up finding your communities, places where you feel at home when you're in London. Yeah, yeah. And would if we'd have bumped into you when, like in your second year in London, would we have seen the direction you were going in at that point? Or... Were you still searching for where you were going? I think I was still searching my second year in London, yeah. Now it's been since 2006, it's been 15 years. Yeah, that's... Uh, yeah. But, uh, 15 and a half, really. But in my second year, I was probably still searching. In my third and fourth, I was already on to my first business. So probably wow. then you would be able to see. So how did that start? Paulina, how did that start? Like, how did you first get into it? I started meeting interesting, interesting people. One of them was a guy who was like 30 years Sorry, guys, there's a really weird background noise. I'm not sure who that is. Yeah, I'm hearing that as well. I don't know what that is. Yeah, we. Um, I'm hearing that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he became my first business partner and somebody who really taught me to be brave in business to step into things even not knowing how they're done to learn on the fly you know like they say uh, in the startup world to build your parachute uh, on your way down from the yeah. plane um so that's how it started i was like well there are these amazing people building their own things why can't i be one of them yeah 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 and did you know at that point what direction in business you wanted to move to um i knew i wanted to work with startups um and i soon understood that i wanted to help them get funding and that's what my company Grantry does we actually ah. get them so it soon became clear to me that entrepreneurs are people who uh, need uh, money and who very often don't know how to get money or don't have time to figure out how they can get, for example, a free grant from the government, who hate paper paperwork or like hyper-focused on developing their products and ideas. So that idea started kind of, yeah, really developing within me. Uh, when can I can I just ask you? You came to London 
to study at 21. At what point did you start up your, your company? Um, I think my first one I was 23 and the second I was 25. Okay. Yeah, the second one is the first one I left my business partner to continue with it. I don't think it's still going at this point, uh, but the second one most definitely. Mm. Um, okay, I'm really curious now. What what was that business about the first one? And can you maybe not necessarily divulge all the details, but sort of give a bit of a perspective on why you left? Sure, of course. So the first business was about supporting creative entrepreneurs. So we had a network of about 5,000 businesses online called Dreamstake. We um, were supporting them in a variety of ways. So funding was one of them, mm. uh, helping them find office space, helping them connect to investors, um, other people that would support them, like accountants. So it's kind of a variety of services which focus about helping them grow and expand and um, at some point I felt like there was a little bit of a disparity between me and my business partner at the time he was quite a bit more experienced than I was and it felt like you know even though on the face of it we were co-founders in actual fact he was making most of the decisions I was kind of left to execute on his ideas and it didn't feel there became a point where I felt I've learned a lot from him and I was ready to go and do it on my own. And there were also things that just didn't work from the point of view of how I wanted to structure my team and how I wanted my team to work. Um, they just things I, I discovered, some very, very positive things. I also learned about how I wouldn't want my team to function. Um, and um, from that, on a sense of readiness and a bit of frustration my second business was born and that i started with my then boyfriend now husband and we, oh, well done. we always made decisions together and um yeah if it, it turned out pretty well i guess absolutely worked out really well actually yeah which is amazing <laughs> um so okay this now uh, this is really interesting because this is is picking up on this theme of creating business out of adversity but also creating business with people that you're in very close relationship with um yeah. last year i interviewed um a woman called sanchita who started up a counseling service counseling business um in india and she started that up with her mom she had a great relationship with her and she says she was raving about it she was like yes i absolutely love doing it there is there are so many people that i can imagine would be like oh with my mom uh no way what was it like going into business with your then boyfriend now husband it felt safe because we knew each other quite well already and we i knew that we had similar values and i knew there wasn't going to be a major disagreement in terms of you know on the ground of on the grounds of values for example mm -hmm. and we i we it felt like we had a similar kind of purpose in life so it felt really safe and at the same time you know we were worried that it would have an impact on our relationship as a couple and of course it did 
uh, it's just that you know quite a few of our friends said no way you guys are so going to split up and three months down the line we'll not know whether to be friends with you or with him and it's gonna be <laughs> a freaking disaster and it <laughs> imagine like your relationship causes a big divide in the whole friendship group like th- th- these are the, like some of the anxieties that i hear people speak about but then i'm hearing about the successes that work really well um please unravel this for us please how do you get it to work yeah of course so it's very much about the vision of role abilities so you need to be aware what each of you what your strengths are and obviously it really really helps if those strengths and weaknesses are different so you can complement each other which is the case with us so we have a really mm-hmm. good team from that perspective it's about a basic kind of respect for each other a kindness towards each other because tensions will come you know uh pressure moments when things are kind of not quite working out the way you'd like to so it's super important to have those kind of basic principles of trusting each other respecting each other and being kind towards each other um and then you know a lot of people find that they can't work together if they are in a relationship with someone and that's fair you know but then again there are many businesses which are very successful businesses today which we don't even know but they have been started by people that were in life together in life as well as as a couple or as family members so definitely possible definitely possible and kind of easier from a perspective of i mean i can't imagine what it might be like if one of us was an entrepreneur and the other one was, was a corporate person for example that would be a potentially even more difficult because it would be so difficult for the person who's got a nine to five job to understand how the engineer functions and why the hell they want to work 24 7 and like how like they it's such a fundamentally different lifestyle so that yeah. is difficult for me to imagine actually mm, and i suppose that it, it, i guess that kind of when you're creating that lifestyle it, it, the, the two are in conflict so there's always conflicts and, and also you have a family as well right no we don't have kids at the moment okay no. so in terms of navigating um your i mean i guess you could call it your family unit that's you and him together mm-hmm. like there, there aren't the complications of children for example like navigating the whole school run and everything because you, you don't have those so you're kind of free to do what you like but then i guess there's another aspect of it where and i've kind of been through this myself where the other person is doing all the bits and pieces, um, building this this business and creating this lifestyle. And then you're kind of in this kind of state where you're looking out thinking, I'd love to do that, but it's the safety and security of having a regular everyday nine to five job. It's that quote unquote security. Um, you were both um, in the, the corporate world beforehand. What like what was it for him um, that kind of really pushed him over the edge and, and into this space and, and coming into it with you? Yeah, so I think a couple of years before he met me, he was actually, do you remember the London tube bombings? Yes. I think it was oh. 2007. So Daniel was actually in the cart next to the cart which exploded. 
Oh wow. He says to to this day that he owes his life to the stupidity of uh the terrorists because they could have waited for the oh no he wasn't he was on the oncoming train so if if they kind of decided to explode the bomb um like several seconds later when the trains were aligned daniel mm-hmm. would be dead and because wow. they because the trains weren't aligned aligned daniel just got he was kind of stuck on the underground for like hours on end and like could hear people screaming in the wow. other in wow. the other um yeah, 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 yeah. and it was wow. just, it was obviously quite traumatic for him but that's mm. when he following this incident he was at Accenture at the at the time working for Accenture was okay. thinking about you know what he's doing with his life and if he was to die at that time would he felt that he has that he had used his life well and uh, the, answer was no. the answer was no that his job wasn't fulfilling that he didn't feel like he was really contributing and using his talents the way he wanted to mm. and that is and it's the incident that oh. him to change his lifestyle and to start his first startup which wasn't grantry he had two different startups beforehand while still working for Accenture he was already doing his startup on the wow. side so, yeah quite, quite you know uh t- quite an interesting story there it'd be interesting to Paulina, get have you met at you at that stage future, I think um just to kind of get that perspective um, and kind of unravel some of the, the stuff between you. I'm definitely going to be in touch um, very soon on that, for sure. Um, Mark, you had a question. Yeah, you know that, that when he had that experience, had he met you at that stage? No, no, no. Like I said, it was maybe, I think it was 2007, the bombings, and we met in 2009. All right, okay. Because I just wondered if part of his life choices was also to approach you, you know, because that's also I taking this you know i'd like to think that, that that's when he got braver and you know he, yeah, uh, yeah yeah that's what he got like more but he was uh, he was with somebody else at the time but ah. then when the relationship ended uh i think yeah he said that when he first met me he felt like i was this fiery person either falling to the ground or like create something a really special kind of experience uh together so yeah so he decided to go for it so maybe it was kind of indirectly yeah it's a nice thought and then um sorry because i missed the part did you say you actually got married or yeah we got married 2013 yeah so did your family come or was it in poland how did you organize that yeah so daniel He's Swiss, so we had our civil wedding in Geneva and our religious wedding and party in Poland. Oh, wow, that's awesome. Oh, yeah, you say yeah. religious, did you say? Yeah, we had a we had a Catholic wedding in church, yeah. And, like, do his family and your family, like, do they share values and things? Yeah, uh, they definitely get on very very well they don't yeah, need very inside yeah. because my family's in poland his is in geneva but uh they definitely get on very very well yeah uh, okay so that's good and then moving the story along since you met him and uh, since you married him have you always worked together sort of in the same company 
Um, up until two years ago, yes. Oh, okay. Now Daniel is an uh, independent kind of NFT and crypto investor, and he mm. is kind of turning into a bit of a um, trendsetter in the <laughs> NFT space. And I, uh, yeah, I am now only an advisor to my company, Grantree, whereas working actively on promoting my book, also investing in startups and a few other personal projects. Ah. So you've both like gone into more like, in a, in a way, kind of more consultancy roles now that you've done yeah, 14 yeah, years of business, sort of like solidly. Yeah, really. absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess the question that I'm going to ask that people listening will probably want me to ask is, how did Daniel react when you said, "Can I want to take a different approach now? I want to, I want to go into doing burlesque as well." Yeah, well, he was—I uh, can't remember his first reaction, but what I can remember is that he was ex- always extremely supportive. Oh, good. He was really happy that I was, you know, finding joy and fulfillment, fulfillment on stage. Uh, even you know, he he always came to my shows. Oh, Elsa, that's brilliant! For me and for my friends who are dancers, also. So he's been incredibly supportive, and he's wow. like, whatever gives you joy and satisfaction is, you know, great for me. So maybe you could give a quick message out to other women listening how they could find a man that will be as supportive as Daniel has been. Oh, I, I know quite a lot of people in the burlesque community these days and all of them have like supportive husbands. Oh, good, 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 good. It's a sexy thing to be doing. So it's kind of... No, like, 100%, but I just not always people respond in that way. I mean, you know, Absolutely. I agree 100%. But, um, sometimes yeah. people are more closed-minded about it, let's say yeah, that. of course, of course. I think you kind of have to be open-minded to even be open to, to looking at something like that because you're you're challenging a lot of your internal stuff issues all that stuff that's like the taboo of sex essentially right um knowing that or having a partner a wife a husband or whoever who is someone that i guess would be classed as exposing their body in in very sexy or sensual ways entertainment come on (laughs) <laughs> like are you not doing the same thing are we not going on the internet and we're we not looking at women in bikinis and like like it, it's there it's everywhere it just needs to be normalized that we're not so uh, tense over it no no it's fine i just i'm just curious because um you know we're, we're building a pathway to understanding polina so i'm just trying to get a, a, the jigsaw to fit in nicely so to speak so for example were your family cool with it as well it, that's an interesting one because my mom is kind of like really on the fence. She kind of feels like it's maybe not befitting a lady to strip on stage in front of strangers. Okay. So mm-hmm. she had to way she she'd rather not. So she's not particularly appreciative. Ah. My sister, absolutely, she's like brilliant. I'm wow. Brilliant. Yeah. And your father? I think he is okay. He's not like super enthusiastic, but I think he's okay with it. Uh, could that be generational, is it, or is it more to do with their values? I think it could be generational, um, and it could be a bit to do with values as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and Daniel's family, they're cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. And and so, look, talking about you know the book and 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 um, your experience of going through this process is. 
What did you learn about a burlesque that you could take into business? Like, what was the key lessons that you picked up? I mean, I don't want to stop people by the book, but I mean, I just I'm curious what you, on a psychological level, what did you yeah. take from it? Sure. So there's a lot that came through my um, understanding of like the embodied wisdom. So other than just being in my head, suddenly coming into my body as a performer ah. and being able to tap into my gut feeling, my intuition, um, that really helped me in business as well. Um, that, you know, aspect of performance life where you connect with the audience and understand the chemistry between you and them and what makes makes them laugh what makes them tick how to entertain them uh, that really comes in handy in business as well because you know there is a chemistry always between you and your business partners or yeah. clients and being yeah. able to tap into what other people are feeling you know what um what they what their needs or wants are is really really interesting because you know once you're like more a more embodied being the way I, I look at it you start to understand so much more about human interactions uh. and what's involved in them and i think doing business is 80 percent human interactions and sure, you know, sure. numbers and like very kind of dry and logical things but 80 percent really human interactions so yes, yeah, so there's loads of lessons that the businesswoman learned from the stripper. <laughs> um, yeah, the lesson of being able to stand out, you know, as a stripper. The more you stand out of the crowd, the better. The more ridiculous your costumes, the more funny your stage gags, the better. As an entrepreneur, you also need to stand out for, from the crowd. Really make your business How interesting, memorable. So that's an important one. Also, as a performer, you're quite vulnerable because you're exposing yourself to the yeah, audience. Yeah. It's not about there's all sorts of people with all sorts of shapes and sizes. And we don't have, it's not about perfect body. It's about stage charisma. But it comes with vulnerability to be, to be able to sh show it all. So the same, you know, in business, there is a certain vulnerability that you need to be able to expose yourself as a leader to your team. You know, the more you're able to admit what your weaknesses are, the more you're able to say sorry, to encourage people to approach you with constructive criticism, mm -hmm. the more powerful leader you are. So that also comes with vulnerability, being able to be vulnerable. Definitely. I know that for me, I've had, um, in fact, the job that I was in until I was made redundant, uh, 2020, year of the pandemic, um, the the manager that i had when i first joined we literally got on like a house on fire in our interview like we were talking about our parents our relationships our like where we grew up and just connecting in a way that was really authentic and it was less about um the interview the questions and answering questions and stuff but more about finding out what type of person i am whilst i had the opportunity to find out what type of company and what type of people they are um for me that was really refreshing um we did <laughs> end up being reminded by the hr who was <laughs> taking the notes in, in the interview um to get back on topic but it was it was one of those things that for me just really opened me up to oh right so I can actually just 
be way more comfortable here. I can just be more of me, more of myself. I can bring me to work rather than bringing this alternative version of me to work and then being me outside. Like th- there's there's a disconnect that's, that's created in that, I feel. Um, so I think how you've kind of brought the two elements together um, in such a way is, is, is really, really good. And I think it, it really works. For me anyway that's how it how it seems how it feels when you describe it thank um, you we actually talk a lot you know at grand tree about bringing your whole self to work so that's really mm-hmm. interesting that you should mention that about mm-hmm. like really sharing as much obviously as much as you feel comfortable to because some some people share more some share less of their personal life and who they really are yeah i just hate the fact that you know a lot of corporate people you know get you into that place where you're very disconnected from your real self you're somebody else at work than you are with your friends and at home and then slowly but surely if you're not careful you can become that mask that you put on and that's extremely bad i think what was um i'm intrigued this bit really intriguing me now is while you were getting sort of like um what's the word like you know exploring and and, and being uh in entertaining yourself in the world of, of, of burlesque did Daniel have a passion like on a par with that sort of thing yeah an interesting one. I think he's had several passions on the side so he's also a kind of guy that kind of falls in love with something and just really follows it okay. so um, he's had for a while maybe not at the same time that I did burlesque but he's had for a while like painting like it's a really random one like painting miniature figurines that I used in like role-playing games like Warhammer and stuff like that so people like it requires quite a lot of skill to be able to paint them skillfully because they're so small and they are like half of a house is full of them by now are you you serious yeah absolutely absolutely and he's got (laughs) two 3d printers and it's like you've got a massive house got a two-bedroom and like two bloody 3D printers where he prints those things and he paints wow. them, airbrushes them, like, wow. And then he's quite into his guitar playing as well. So there's, he's also a... Oh, so he's really, he's also self-contented he, in terms of his hobbies. Yeah, and he used to be into writing massively. He he writes science fiction stories. Wow. So creative. Yeah. How exciting. I mean, do you not do you not feel like sometimes when you wake up, there's a movie where all these small little um, figurines attack the people that live in the house. You're not worried about that waking up in, in a two bedroom flat, seeing yeah, thousands. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, at some point, like us, a house will be full of stuff, and we'll need to move out to <laughs> make room for the stuff. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Sorry, but that is very funny. Um, so going forward, going forward now, because like. It feels like this has been quite a momentous time for you. You've, you've published your book. You've you've been through the kind of like whole experience of understanding burlesque. You and Daniel have, have sort of progressed on to sort of more, uh, I don't know, sort of like advisory kind of or adv- more advanced roles in your work. What do you think the future holds now then? Yeah, so I, I kind of see us as um, kind of very, very curious and hungry for life. Kind of people so i see us being involved in multiple startup projects uh, some of them kind of more on the more day-to-day basis some of them more in, as non-exit we are traveling a lot 
possibly starting a family so that is something that we are kind of discerning at the moment whether this is something mm. well i'd love to have parents like you two seriously i mean amazing people yes. oh, and i think so i think the the thing for me as well is like obviously you and i have spoken paulina previously and we've interviewed um there's there's a real amount of consciousness that comes into the things that you say the choices you make and and the way that you think um that for me is like yeah i'd i'd love for you to be a parent to a child to children because i think that you would offer them so much more than and i don't even mean this in a disrespectful way but the to in, compared to other parents out there um you don't necessarily have that intuitive and that that logical married together um between you and your husband like the pair of you together just really works oh bless and it's so and nice also, to say it, it, given given it, that you don't even know him it's like so nice of you to kind of see that yeah i yeah. think you're a good couple yeah and and, and if you could call your firstborn Jermaine, that would be awesome yeah. as well <laughs> i mean to be honest uh Jermaine, if uh, Paulina's done all the experiences she's had, and, and uh, Daniel's written science fiction books and, and done figurines. It's highly unlikely we'll be called Jermaine. It'll be so much more exotic than that in terms of the Jermaine choices. That well, you think it'll be called Mark a bit? No, I think it'll be called we'll something like. Um, we'll call them Curious. I'd love that. Yeah, that's Curious right. or Curious and Content. Now that's the two names you want. Yeah, yeah. So maybe so that would be that would be quite exciting. So and. Um, if you had to say um, one book and one piece of music that has inspired you through your life, what would they be? The piece of music that comes first is actually classical because I'm classic. I'm trained as a classical musician, and it's a Requiem by Mozart, which oh, I yes, think yes. is a whole masterpiece. And it's just, it's not that I listen to it every day, but it just it's one of those music pieces that my dad taught me to listen to really appreciate it and it's i think it's with me for life is similar there is one um song by the pink floyd uh from the album the division bell which is called high hopes and i absolutely love that that piece i think it's iconic paulina did you just throw in at four sort of like three quarters of the way through the interview you threw in that you're classically trained musician did you just yeah. throw that in wow yeah. i mean there's no limits to your skills is what i'm thinking oh bless you yeah i was kind of uh, i was uh, playing the piano throughout my um childhood and awesome. um, teens until i got like like i mentioned before anorexic and i had severe eating yeah, disorders yeah. i had to yeah. kind of limit my activity at that point but i was a really skilled musician and i'm still you know i still do quite a bit of singing actually Wow, is that sort of professionally or at home or you know? on the side? On the side, as a fun, as a fun hobby, I incorporate it into my burlesque acts. I always sing. Wow, wow, so, yeah. wow. that yeah. really stands yeah. apart. That does. Yeah. And um, a book that you read or a film that's inspired you through your life? Hmm. Yeah, there's there's been so many. So I'm just kind of like. Okay, one, the first book that Daniel got to read me when we met um, back in 2009 was a book by Hermann Hesse called Narcissus and Goldmund. 
and it's wow. about those two sides like like you said Jermaine I do have a very logical side on one hand and a very creative side on the other hand mm-hmm. and these are about two, very two different characters that really an aspect of the same person it's a beautiful 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 book Narcissus and Goldbirds if you haven't read it definitely grab hold of it I need to reread it one of these days because I've missed it but it was the first and when Daniel was like you're like you're like like you really need to read this book and then with every date he was like have you read the book have you read the book and I'm like oh okay I'll read the book then <laughs> and I really really loved that yeah wow I love your choices they're so they're so worldly compared to when we've asked other people it's very worldly choices you've got Thank you. Mark, um, I just wanted to say thank you for joining us. Um, oh, it's an Carolina. absolute pleasure, and I just can't wait for us to do more stuff together. Yes. It's so beautiful to meet you for coffee. Can't wait to do, like, run workshops together, do all sorts of wacky creative stuff and maybe oh, yeah, uh, so lovely just to meet you guys on a Sunday afternoon <sighs> is it do I say Jen Kulo is that thank you in, in Polish yeah. oh yeah Jen Kulo yeah or Jinky you can say Jinky okay I couldn't remember but I, I yeah he's like thanks yeah I worked in a school once for children who were excluded from the mainstream and we didn't have any uh, language teachers and we, we were obliged to teach language and we had two Polish people, so they taught the kids Polish. Yeah. So, like, that we were the only school that I know of in London that were teaching Polish rather than French or Spanish. And yeah, um, yeah. so I picked up a couple of words, but unfortunately, it was, it was a while ago now, so my memory is probably as good as it should be. You have yeah. been a, such an amazing person to interview. I mean, I could, I could talk to you for days. I, I've got a feeling we've only just scratched the surface, to be honest. But... Um, yeah. I'm pretty certain that in 30 countries, people will be very impressed with your story and and the positivity that you bring. I mean, you're such a, a sunshine person. I want to thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. And if I'm allowed to mention, mention one thing about my book, actually I'm doing, because I love meeting entrepreneurs and supporting entrepreneurs with like mentorship, however I can really. So I'm doing this thing in the month, in just till the end of this month. Uh, if you are so kind to buy my book, and it's the link is again paulinatenner.com slash book, and leave me an Amazon review. And if you send me a screenshot of that review, and the way to get hold of me is at Paulina Tenner on all social media, Clubhouse, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, I promise to find 30 minutes in my diary to give you um, just a little kind of free session of feedback on your pitch because I'm an experienced angel investor or uh, some advice on the current business problem that you're facing. So just like an offer out that I'm putting out there for all entrepreneurs. Paulina, that is just... Like to benefit. That is beyond kind. I mean, that is just, uh, you know, you are... You're like an angel. I mean, you know, they walk amongst us. People say angels walk amongst us. Yes, That's no. beautiful. Yeah. No, I'm to offer that to people. Voice, you know, because I also strip on stage, but... <laughs> well, I don't know, but I'm just saying, to me, 
that's that's angelic to offer people that opportunity. You didn't have to. We've interviewed other authors; they've never really offered anything. And I'm not. That's not to have a go at them, but they've just never seen it as an attachment to the extension of their work. I think for you to do that is just beyond beautiful. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much, Paulina. It's much appreciated. Um, this is the second interview that we've done. Um, and again, it feels like we're becoming more and more acquainted. Um, looking forward to the future, looking forward to, the, to how your book pans out and uh, all of the learnings that I'm going to be getting from it. Um, and with Grant Tree as well, all the best with that. Well, I'm thinking, but what I'm thinking as well, Jermaine, is I, I'd love to interview Paulina with Daniel. I'd just love to chat to them together and, and just have their like um, perspectives together and, and separately about yeah, yeah, how yeah. they've gone forward. <laughs> I was saying that earlier. I, I haven't felt that with most that people that have come on. I've never felt that before, but they seem such a dynamic couple and they work together and apart. And it'd be really interesting to chat to them sort of together. Definitely. Yeah, interesting idea. Yeah, absolutely. I'll talk to her. Yeah, thank you for offering. Yeah, thank you. No, thank you. I mean, really, really, it's been, I think, five minutes, but it, um, the clock says 40. But, I mean, it, it's been, it feels like five minutes. You've been so exciting and, and entertaining as a as a podca podcast guest. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys, and all the best with all the exciting stuff that you're doing. And, Janine, as I said, can't wait to do more with you, too. For sure. Thank you so much, Paulina Tenner. Paulina Tanner, our guest today here on the Curious Anarchy podcast, Brunch with Naomi Osaka. Enjoy the rest of the remainder of your day. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Mm -hmm.